Hello, and welcome to the podcast of Emmanuel Assemblies of God in Knoxville, Tennessee. We're so glad you've taken the time to listen. If you're ever in our area, we invite you to join us for one of our worship services. For times and locations, please visit at EmmanuelAG.com. You know, sometimes if you and I would just take that attitude of frustration, instead of letting the frustration, we turn it around to a positive energy instead of a negative energy, it's going to get us somewhere, right? Come on. If we do more stuff, what we're expecting, look, light balance has been on my heart for the last week or so, a balance. And, and life is a balancing act, right? Well, I mean, we're trying to keep the bubble in the middle. The problem is if we keep it in the middle, we're never going to go anywhere. If it's leaning back a little bit too far, what's going to happen? We're going to go backwards. The key is, is you want to get it up just far enough where it's touching the line to kind of get the momentum going that way, right? If you get it too far, what happens? Yeah, we, we do. We follow a two-year-old granddaughter, man. Acting like a two-year-old. Walked right into the table. Abby. I mean, that, it's big brown. It's right there, head high. Didn't you see that? Yes. So I moved the chair over. Walks into it a second time. That's on her. Right? How many times is it going to take for her to figure out I'm not going to be able to go that away? And yet you and I are the same way. Are we not? Just overgrown two-year-olds. Come on. And that's the Holy Spirit going, grow up. Right? Nobody? Nobody? Then balance. Balance. Oh, we just we just need to over a little bit more and kind of get going. Right? There's a, a bank commercial on... I hadn't seen it in a while, but it used to run all the time, talking about the if in life. You have the if in life. Of course, they can help you out. You know, they can give you money. They can put you in real deep debt. They can help you out. For the next four Sundays, first of all, thank you, Pastor, for giving me this opportunity today. Uh, for the next four Sundays, starting next week, as we uh, transition from our Wednesdays to Sunday night, uh, we're going to be doing a, a four-part series from Mark Batterson called If. Okay, If. How many of y'all have ever said, what if? <laughs> what if? Right? Most of the time you hear it, well, what if I can't? What if you can? What if it's not enough? What if it's more than enough? We, we got to change our thought. We got to change that attitude of, well, I can't do it. Well, what if you can? What if? What if? So four-week series. Um, the first night we're going to be talking if only regrets. If only regrets. If only this would have happened then. Anybody have any regrets? <laughs> yeah. If only if only I would have, if only I was about three more feet taller, <laughs> if only I had hair, if only I had better teeth, if only I had the ability, right? So we're going to talk about if only regrets. How many times do we let that stop us from becoming what God wants us to become? We're going to talk about as if faith, what if dreams, and no ifs, ands, or buts about it, courage. I think the ifs in life lead us to a destiny that God has for us. Do you believe that? Uh, ifs, what ifs are, is not bad. 
It's the answer that you give that determines what direction you're going to go. That makes sense. What if? What if I'd have tried out? What if I would have done this? What if I would have done that? What kept you from it? Is what my mom always said. Well, what if I'd have done this and I'd have failed? She goes, but what kept you from it? Well, fear. Only being 4'11". <laughs> Basketball. Anyway. What wakes you up in the morning? What keeps you awake at night? What gives you a reason to go to work? I mean, other than being addicted to eating. Right? What, I mean, what, what makes you go to work, man? Well, they say if you, if you don't enjoy it, man, going to work, man, it's going to be drudgery. But man, when, when work is a joy, man, it changes everything. What if work is a mission field? What if work is, is not what it is, but it's who God wants you to become? That you're there for a moment. I mean, come on. Tom works for a Cub. Uh, he's a gas guy. What if he was just there for that moment to save that family? And he went, no, it's just a skunk. <laughs> come on. What if? Right? What if he didn't, he didn't keep looking? Holy Spirit's always talking. Are we always listening? And if we're always listening, are we always uh, obedient to what we're hearing? I, I mean, you don't know. I mean, so many times in life, I mean, you, you think you hear the Holy Spirit, and so you respond to it, and then nothing really comes of it. We talked about it uh, in the storm a couple of weeks ago. Um, uh, power line fell in front of our house, and, and what part that didn't cover the street, a tree neck across the street did. So everybody coming off the mountain there down past our house to get on the Kingston Pike, they had to stop. They had to turn around in my driveway because there was nowhere to go. And there was a car just sitting there. And the Holy Spirit says, invite them in. I couldn't even see in the window. I mean, it's just raining hard. I didn't know who I was inviting into my house. But I'm confident in Smith and Wesson and Jesus. <laughs> Stop, I'm teasing. Jesus is enough. <laughs> and so I went to the edge and this car just sitting at the end of my driveway and Holy Spirit says, invite him in. So I just went like this. And then the car came. I thought, man, what am I doing? <laughs> what are we fixing to do, man? So we took him to Nan and Poppy's side of the house. Because, <laughs> man, it's all full of Jesus, see? So we didn't have to, no. So it's right there. Come on. So we invite him in, and this, and this, this little Japanese, a young Japanese lady got out and her, her, uh, fifth grade daughter got out and man they were just shaking they were terrified and and I said do y'all want to come in out of the rain yes please and as they're coming in she looked at me and she goes I'm from Japan I don't speak English and I said I'm from here and I don't either I, I don't I said but we're out of the weather right I mean, and she, she came in and they came in and we're all just looking at each other and I said you're in a safe place and you just see peace just kind of hit her man and that's when I turned her over to Nana. She fed her. She gave her drink. Come on, man. 
we've got the grandkids there, so the little girl, I mean, I mean, it all just worked. We prayed with them. They didn't know what. I mean, you know, we prayed, and she kept looking like, I don't know what you're saying. The little girl said, we're praying, and she's trying to explain it to her. It didn't stop, Nana. We're going to pray. We prayed in Jesus' name because that's all we know to do. I don't, I don't care who you are. Jesus is the answer. Wherever, whatever you're from, Jesus is it. And Jesus will make himself known to you. You don't have to know Japanese or, or any other language. You just know Jesus, right? So a week later, there's a knock on the door, and it's this lady and her daughter and her husband, also from Japan, who also can't speak much English, with a thank you card. Isn't it crazy? We may never see them again, but we did what we were told to do. We may have saved their life. I don't know if a tree fell somewhere. I don't know. But when we respond, I'm telling you, God, we love the results, but there's usually an inconvenience added to it. I think it's time for us to be inconvenienced for Jesus. Man, you know what? Coming back on Sunday night when you're not used to it is an inconvenience. Let's just say it out loud. Pastor, I said it. Come on, it is. A lot of you don't come on Wednesday night because you have reasons, but the real reason for most of us really is it's really just very inconvenient. That's in there somewhere, okay? Come on, in the reasons we don't, that's in there somewhere when other stuff is probably more important. See, I don't get paid for this, so I'm just gonna, J.I., I did. I'm just, it's inconvenient. And we all stood around. We tried to communicate as much as we could. And then I said, well, before we let you go, can we pray for you? And they're all looking at the little girl like, what? What are we doing? We grabbed hands. They're in our house. Come on, when you're in your, when I'm in your house, I'm doing your thing. Right? Right? You people will do crazy stuff because they don't know. I mean, they don't know. Yeah, they'll do it because they're in your house. So they're in our house and we just speak Jesus over them because we don't ever know why we're there, but maybe that moment right there, Jesus. Jesus will do and transcend anything you and I can do or say. And we got a $30 Kroger gift card out of it. (laughs) Blessings of God. Poppy went and bought ribs and we were able to bless somebody to come over and eat ribs. Don't you wish you were his friend? Well, y'all be nicer to Bobby and you may be laughing to you. That's not even written anywhere. I don't even know where I'm at. Pastor's been preaching to us for the last month, if y'all been paying attention, that our lives are more than just working a job. It's more than just living life. It's more than, than even just coming to church on Sunday. Our life, I mean, Jesus died for a reason. Not just for we would join a church and, and, and pass out groceries for another church occasionally and, and show up when it's convenient. Do things when, when we, we need something from God so we get more spiritual at the moment. The responsibility of every believer is to go and to share with somebody the freedom and forgiveness that they have experienced because they've accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior. You know, I wonder sometimes why we don't share Jesus more. Maybe we haven't experienced him enough. 
So how do we experience them enough? Come on, you can't give what you don't have. You've heard pastors say that more than once in the last month. So how do I get so I can give? Well, you got to go where it is. And it's not just attending church. I got to do some homework. I got to do some stuff at the house. I got to do stuff on my own. I can't just make Susan do it all. Right? Come on. I can't live on my parents' coattails, and I can't live on Susan's coattail. I got to have my own. Okay, for you young people, coattails is in. (laughs) Sorry. Boy, that was old school. Savior and Lord. Savior refers to forgiveness of sins. The Savior is who saves someone, right? So we we have Jesus as our Savior. But if you haven't made him Lord, then is your salvation really anything? Your salvation, yeah, I'm saved, okay? I've been forgiven of my sins. But if there's no response to that, my question to you today is, were you really saved? Did you really have the experience? Because I'm telling you, when when somebody does something nice for me, what do I what do I usually do? I reciprocate. That couple brought us a gift card and a thank you note signed with their names. Why? Because something kind was done and they reciprocated. Jesus did something kind for you. What have you done kind for Jesus today? reciprocate see when he saved me I also made him Lord Lord is what authority he has authority over my life Paul says I'm a slave to him (laughs) I know that's politically wrong so let me say it again we are a slave to him a servant See, a slave is somebody who has to be. A servant is somebody who wants to be, who's willing to be enslaved to him. I, I am Jesus. I'm marked. Paul said, I'm, I'm not my own. I've been bought with a price. When we make him Lord, it's not my agenda anymore. It's his agenda. It's not my life plan, it's his life plan. And probably, if you've got a life plan, guess where it came from in the first place? Right? If he's given you that heart, that dream, those abilities, it all came from him in the first place. But if you plug into him, he fills it all in. Look, I'm a a stick figure kind of guy. I'm creative, I've got ideas and I've got thoughts that keep me up at night and I have to draw things out, but it's all stick figures. It means nothing to anybody that any art people go, oh, your two-year-old granddaughter did this. This is sweet, right? But see, I give it to the ones who can put a body with it, okay? I got stick figure playing stuff. I give it to my daughter and she puts flesh to it. She makes it beautiful and I'm just, just exposed. I said, that, that's exactly what I had in my mind. I know that's not what it looked like here, right? But here is what was in my head, that the finished product. I knew, what it, I knew what I wanted it to look like. I didn't know how to get there. But God plugs us in. That's why we need each other. God plugs us in with each other to help us get there. 
See, I, I don't know anything about computers, but I know somebody who knows, right? I, I, don't, I don't know anybody about gas stuff, but I know who has a lot of gas. I, I mean, I'm sorry. I know who, who knows a lot about gas. Just seeing if anybody's listening. Did he just say that? I didn't use the word flagellant or anything like that. If I, if, I need, if I need to know, like, how does this work together and build like this, you know, I, I got a builder right here. Come on. We need each other. We need each other. And for those of us who don't know how to do anything, we know how to pray. I know how to be your friend. I can be kind. I'm a resource guy. Yeah, I need to do this. I don't know. I call Patrick. I'm a resource. I can point you in the direction you can go, right? Yeah, we're building stairs. I don't know how to build stairs, but, and I need big guys to build stairs. I need somebody with an auger. I know who's got one now. Oh, yeah, yeah, with a tractor. Front end loader on a trailer. Jesus is the one who saved me. So because of his selfless love to me, I want to make him Lord of my life. I want to give him my life. I don't just want to work for him. I want to live for him. Then when you live for what you do, Poppy's been retired, what'd you say, 39 years? 29 49, 59. I mean, we can make him as old as you want. I mean, he's 91, so it don't matter at this point, man. He just, you know, he's past the ancient thing. <laughs> Come on. Some of y'all are just scared to death. Oh, don't offend him. Come on, man. 91, and he's still upright. Man, that's, that's something. Yeah, brag about it. Brag about it. He does. He walks up. Somebody says something. He goes, yeah, I'm 91. And they go, yeah, I have nothing to say. Yeah, Because you don't. Yeah, so he's been retired 20, 29, almost 30 years and stuff. And he talked, we were talking the other day, we were in the truck and we were riding and he said, I miss my job, I miss working. I dreamed last night about working at the job. Now, how many of y'all dreamed about your job? I mean, in a positive light. He said, I miss it. I dream about it. He said, I loved going to work. He worked with machines built machines, made machines. When they broke down, he fixed the machines. He worked with machines. And he said, I loved my job. Man. And I'm sure not every day. I love children and if I'm a teacher. I love my job. I love touching people's lives. I love doing this. Look, it don't matter what you're doing. If you love doing it and you're doing it for Jesus, man, you can can make it happen. Because today Jesus is, if he's got you there for nothing else but to put a smile on your face and to be kind to one person, it could flip them and it'll change their life. The radio station, was it K-Love, says there's a lot of kind people in the world, and if you can't find one, then be one. Come on, man, that, make, that speaks to me. Come on, everybody can be nice, even to the jerkiest person, even if you are that jerky person. You can be nice to somebody. And just a smile. Some of you that smile, you scare everybody. It's like, whew, maybe you shouldn't. <laughs> Paul said in Galatians 2.20, I've been crucified with Christ and I no longer live. That's a bold statement. 
I'm crucified with Christ. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I live in this body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. It's no longer about me. Come on. If you had a kid, it's no longer about you. Come on, when you got married and said, I do. Every man in this house. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Every guy just like stiffened up, like, I don't know what to do. <laughs> yeah. You can, tell, you can tell the ones that have been married long enough. <laughs> That's a timeline right there. Now, don't talk about cats. I did my dues. That's all I'm going to tell you right up front. I did my dues. But, uh, yeah, no longer I live for myself, man. I was doing life great until I said I do. And then it got better. In fact, on the 12th of this month, it'll be 37 years. Yeah, I just remembered that. And I remember that. I just want you to know. And everybody else. Yeah, September 12th. Yeah, who knew? The reality is it changed everything. I had my routine. I had the way I liked to do things, the things that were done right, and, and the way that it was, should have been done right. And then I found out when I got married, I was doing so much stuff wrong. <laughs> and then I learned the right way to fold towels and other laundry. Not that I've been doing it since I was three from my mom, but, uh, you know, Nana was wrong all these years. Who knew? <laughs> I'm helping that mother-in-law relationship, yeah. <laughs> uh, that's why there's a lock on the one side of the door. But anyway, <laughs> that's funny. When you got married, you learned to not live for yourself. I mean, it was you. But now all of a sudden you're living with somebody else. You're living for somebody else. It changes your whole demeanor. It changes the way you think. It changes the way you start putting other things first. And then you have a kid and it changes everything. <laughs> and then, then you just keep having them. But, you know, that's up to y'all. Yeah. <laughs> it just keeps changing the dynamic. It doesn't matter how many you have. It changes the dynamic. And all of a sudden, you realize, man, and the older they get, the more you realize, man, I'm not living for my own. I'm living, I'm living for something greater, living for something bigger. I'm not my own. I was bought with a price. Man, you didn't come cheap. Jesus didn't just save you so you could get out of hell. He saved us from ourselves. He saved us from a life of sin. He saved us from being enslaved with sin. He saved us to be something better than we could by ourselves. Jesus saved us for a purpose. And when you accepted it, you accepted everything that went with it. Signed a paper this week, and then it, there were three more sheets that I had to read before I signed it with all the other stuff that went with it that I was committing to before I signed it. If you buy something off the internet, if you use your card, if you, if you buy something and you got to sign it, you're committing to all of those two or three more pages. Do you read that? Come on. Do you honestly read that? 
Hardly any of us do. Maybe some of y'all do. No, I know one right here. I bet he does. I bet you do, bro. You can be proud of that. Because I'm counting on you to tell me, don't, don't sign that again. Yeah. <laughs> I'm counting on you, man. Keep me out of the fire. But the reality is, is we commit to stuff we don't even read. We commit to stuff knowing that there's a penalty if we don't do. Why do you think that Jesus, in accepting his salvation for our hearts, there isn't a signed thing? You signed it. When you said yes to him and he said, okay, all your sins are forgiven, there's distance so you can live a free life to sin again. He said, I'm giving you the power that you don't have to sin again. You don't have to get caught up in your temptation. You don't have to hate everything. You don't have to be negative. You, you can live life and more abundantly. Isn't that what he said? But see, we accept him and then we want to live it our way and do it our own way. How many of the credit cards let you do it your own way? Eh, none. When the bank loans you that money that you can do anything you want to with it, yeah, they just let you just pay back whenever you just willy-nilly. Just, eh, they got pay this week. You know what? I want to buy me this special thing I've been wanting for a while. I'm not going to have enough for my rent. I'm just not going to pay my rent this week. How's that going to go for you? Eh, no. Got responsibilities. If you have responsibilities to Visa and MasterCard, why do you think you don't have a, a responsibility to Jesus Christ who's done way more for you than them? Responsibilities. We come to church to worship God, right? That's easy. We also come to church to encourage one another. I'm telling you, it's a lot easier to preach when you're here than when you're not. I mean, not that Susan hears it all the time. The pastor will tell you, it is easy to speak to, to a larger crowd than it is a smaller crowd. When God has given you, burn something in your soul, and you haven't slept for days because you can't wait to get there on Sunday morning, and three of you show up, and the rest of you have other plans. Nothing guts you more than that. I got other things. No, you've got one thing. It's come here to the house of God and worship Him. Is there an attendance thing? No, come on, get over that. You know why you're here. The same reason you go to Kroger. Same reason you go to Walmart. Because you're going to get something. But everything's not about you. Sometimes you're here for somebody you're going to sit next to that just needs to know somebody is glad they're here. You got a responsibility. You said yes to Jesus, and He sent you here to be a part of this congregation. Welcome, 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 welcome. Glad you're here. Let's do lunch. We're here for a reason. And until God releases you from here, then you can't go anywhere else because this is where the promise and the blessing is for you and for us. We're not, it's not just about you. Get over ourselves sometimes. But you know, sometimes it is about us. And this is where you can find it. This is where you can find it. Sometimes we come to church to receive practical teaching. 
testimony. Sometimes I need to hear that God's moving in somebody else's life. And if he'll move in yours, then I know you're not any better than me. Surely he can move in mine. need to see that God's moving somewhere. If he's moving somewhere, then there's no reason he can't move with me. Practical teaching. The what ifs. You want answers to what ifs? You got four Sundays you can come. If you miss one, you may miss the one that you needed the most. But hey, do what you do. It's only four weeks. You go longer with your kid ball games. I'm just saying, I'm just saying. Maybe I'm in a little Sometimes <laughs> I'm having flashbacks, pastoral flashbacks. I can't come on Wednesday night because we got practice. Team hadn't won in three years. I think it's gonna help Junior. Sometimes we come to church to receive a spiritual or supernatural word. Sometimes we come because I need, I need to hear from God. I, I need a point of ignition. And sometimes it's just the house of God. When you got worship, you, when you've got a certain song that kicks in, you need an ignition. Sometimes I just need to know that God knows where I'm at. So I want to be findable. Does that make sense? We know God can find you anywhere. Sometimes I got to put myself physically in a place where I can, I feel like I can find him. You know, we're always here to pray and encourage one another. Sometimes I'm encouraged by the testimony. Sometimes it's my testimony that is the encouragement. Sometimes I think, God, I don't really have a word. This doesn't make sense to anybody else. And yet God says, I want you to give it. And that's the one thing that somebody showed up that one Sunday, men never come back again, but it's the word they needed from God. They needed to hear God say, I see you. I see you. A couple of weeks ago, Emily Hauser mentioned the account of feeding the 5,000 plus. It reminded me of a sermon I once heard, and it was entitled, What Do You Have in Your Hand? What do you have in your hand? We talked in the Old Testament about Moses. And, God, and Moses said, God, what, I mean, what, what do you want me to do? And he said, I, I mean, I can't speak right. I don't, I don't have the authority. I mean, you know, I was in the palace. Now I'm a goat herder. I'm, I don't have what. And he goes, what do you have in your hand? He goes, well, I got this stick. Okay, read the story. So what, throw it down. So he threw it down. What happened? It came a snake. God was thinking. They have no idea what God was thinking. Yeah, had a snake. What do what? He said, now grab it by the tail. No, <laughs> no. no. you go, you go ahead, no. Yeah. Grabbed it by the tail and came a stick again. What do you have in your hand? He used it as a sign of authority. Used it to call some of the plagues. Used it to hold over and split the sea, the Red Sea. Said he raised it up. What do you have in your hand? A stick. Nobody's really impressed with a stick. But they got their attention when it turned into a snake. He got their attention when he held it up and he held it over the water and the water parted. I want that stick. Right? I want to carry that one. She brought up the five feet into the 5,000. What do you have? 
They said, we got to feed these people. So what do you have? And we ain't got nothing. None of the disciples came prepared for lunch. What? They weren't Pentecostal, that's for sure. <laughs> that's for sure. <laughs> they brought no food. What they did? They found a boy whose mama took care of him. Thank God for good mamas that are thinking ahead. Five loaves and two fish. There's a whole story there. But what's in your hand? He said, Jesus said, what do you have? And they said, well, we got five loaves and two fish. I mean, these aren't like real big fish. These aren't like, you know, mackerels or half you know, salmon. I mean, you know, these are fish that a little boy can carry. He said, well, hand it to me and see what I can do. See, God's asking you today, what do you have in your hand? Oh, Brother Rick, I don't have anything in my hand. Yeah, yeah do this right here. Everybody do this. Everybody. this morning right here I can, give, I can give this God I don't know what this is I don't know what I can do you know what you can shovel dirt with that you can pat a friend like that you can, I'll do a Tito you can snag a friend like that when he just needs needs a little correcting in love you can help somebody with that and you know, when, you, when you're like this, you can catch about anything. You can grab about anything. When Jesus pours it out in your hands, you can grab it, you can stop it, you can resource it. What do you got in your hand? Come on, all of us have something we can do. If it's just being a faithful part of this ministry, and pastor says, well, I need somebody, and you go, I'm it, I can do it. Well, I need somebody to go downstairs and wipe tables, I'm it. I need somebody to move those times. I'm it. Because he's not called to, to, to serve tables. He's called to hear from God and to pour into us every week. That, that's what his calling is. Is he above wiping tables? No, absolutely not. I've seen him do it a bunch of times. Is he above laying floors? No. But there are times when he doesn't need to be laying floors. He need to be laying Jesus at people. And that's where we come in. And we let Patrick lay the floor while we hand him the flooring. Can I tell you it goes a lot faster than when, it, when that happens, right? He doesn't have to get up. You need water? You don't have to get up, brother. You stay right down there and work. Here's your, here's your water. Come on. Help. Don't you know two can do more than one? And three? Five? Come on. We start doing, there's nothing that we can't do. We learned that in the Tower of Babel. God himself said if they put their mind to it and they unify their mind, they can do anything. They can do it. If you and I put our spirits together, there is absolutely nothing we can't experience. But here's the deal. If, if we are called, if you've received salvation from God, you owe him. That's just plain and simple. You owe him. You owe him your life. You owe him everything. Jesus gave his everything. Why in the world do you think you don't have to give your everything? And I want him to have it all. I want him to have whatever he wants from me. 
See, this is where we become the part of the redemption story. Jesus told his disciples in John 16, he was about to physically leave them, but he was going to send the Holy Spirit by the way that was working with him when he was doing all these miracles in place to guide them to do what was next. See, when Jesus was healing people in the physical realm, he could only heal the people that were there. If he was healing in Jerusalem, those were the people being healed. If he was healing in Judea, it was those people in Judea. Now, there are a few instances, the centurion, okay, where Jesus spoke. He said, you don't have to come. You're a man of authority if you'll just speak. And Jesus did, and, and his servant was healed, okay? But, but those, are, those are few. In the physical sense, Jesus could only heal and do where he was at. So he says, I'm going to leave, but I'm going to impart the Holy Spirit that's working in me with me, and I'm going to impart it in you, and now I'm going to multiply myself in you. So as you receive me, I'm giving you that Holy Spirit. What I did, you're going to do even greater things. Now you're going to go do me. What does disciple mean? Disciple means follower follower okay disciple is becoming what you are following follow me so a disciple is somebody who's follower and i'm following it i'm becoming who i'm following i am becoming jesus short version but i'm becoming him you don't know how tall he was nowhere does it say you don't know i don't know that he had hair Y'all, thank you. Oh, you see the painting and the flowing beard. You don't know. That just came to me. That's really spiritual, man. Discipleship. And what did he say in, in Matthew 28? Go and what? Make disciples. What are disciples? Making people Jesus's. That's what you and I, and he says, he says, show them what I have showed you. In other words, do for them what I have done for you. And then they multiply themselves. We're not multiplying Rick Seaton's. Thank God. We're, we're, not, we're not multiplying Padrinas, which would be awesome. We're, we're, we're multiplying Jesus's because he's the only one that can save us. We're multiplying Jesus's. That is our job. It's not church attendance. It's not even belonging to the assemblies of God. Though it will get you maybe to the door quicker. I don't know. I don't know. I'll let you know when they take my ordination away. <laughs> the, the reality is, is you and I are called to do something greater than ourselves. If we've accepted him, then we owe him to work for him. Now, if that's at this church, then get in. If it's not, then find it and get there and get in. It, for some reason, God, Jesus, is the body. That He is the church. God's, God made that up. We didn't. Now, man's messed it all up by our rules and regulations. Come on. We got to see through some of that stuff. But the reality is, is we're called to be so, and I can't be greater just by myself. And Susan and I are pretty good together. But man, when we're with two or three more other people, my anxiety goes. My, my desperation goes. My depression goes. Because I'm doing something greater than myself and I'm not alone. 
I'm not by myself. I got the Holy Spirit. You and the Holy Spirit are enough, but yet God chooses to stir us up to be together. Look, every quarterback in every game yesterday was glad to have the line. Well, some of them weren't (laughs) because they still got beat up. But most of them were glad to have the line they had because those linemen have given their life to protect that quarterback. It would go whatever whatever cost. I'm going to protect my guy. You are not coming across the line. He is my guy to protect. And I promise you, when somebody messes up and they get to the quarterback, somebody's in his ear. Can I tell you, coach is always arguing at you. But you know who, you know who it is? It's the other lineman that grabbed him and said, dude, hey, what's, what's up? We, we, why weren't you there? Well, I went left, he went right. No, no, we stayed together. They've got a plan. They work as one unit. Do you know that the church works as one unit? If we're not doing something in physical, we're praying. We're doing something spiritual. Look at Matthew chapter 5, and I'll close with this. Matthew chapter 5, verse 14 through 16. You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. I don't know about you, but sometimes I, I don't mind my light shining, but I just want it shining in certain ways, certain directions. You know, I got I got stuff to do, so I'm going to shine it over here where I know nobody needs light. I'm going to put the little curve thing on there and kind of block it off. And he's going, I don't have a right to do that. <laughs> See, I accept Jesus. I don't have a right to not let my light shine. I have a only right I have is to let it burn as bright as I can get it to burn. And the only way I can get it to burn bright is me to stay as close to the source of, of the fire as I can. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Why in the world, if you need light, when our electricity went out, my brother-in-law, for every birthday, every Father's Day, every Christmas, buys my dad a lantern. Well, these LED lanterns. Oh, we got 50 of them, man. I don't have any. We've got two candles on our side. We like the dark, I guess. So we're over there, and I mean, it's just like sunglasses. I said, y'all, do you have all the lanterns? I mean, every one, there's 50 of them on in here. You can't even see. It's like a lighthouse, man. Maybe that's why those people showed up my driveway. Look, there's light. Could be. Hey, there's a spiritual application. there. It's bright. But can I just tell you, if we just had the lantern and we set it on the table, but we never opened it, what good would the light have done? As it got darker, it had just gotten darker. Until we activate that lantern and pull it up, it is of no use. And what in the world, why would we do the lantern on and then go put it in the bathroom and shut the door? Unless you're in the bathroom and you need light. Why would, you, why would you put it in the fridge and then shut it? The fridge. And not utilize the light. The light was intended for us to be able to see. And sometimes the light is used to show up what's in the dark corners. And I think that's why we don't like it being so bright. 
I don't mind you seeing this, but I want you to see all the dirt over here because I never clean that. That never gets vacuumed. That never, right? Come on, we got certain areas in our house. If you look under my bed or my couch, you get what you get. <laughs> I don't climb under there. Somebody was cleaning the top of a fridge. I'm going, why? I never see it. I don't care. It's filthy up here. So if it bothers you, here's a rag, right? Because I don't care. You get what you get. But light has a way of exposing. Maybe that's why we don't like so much light. Instead, they put it on a stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and praise the Father in heaven. The good deeds can only come from him. And when we do them in the name of the Father, I want to be the best. I'm, I'm called, my daddy told me two things. When you go to work, you represent God and you represent Satan. Don't mess up either one of those names. That's what I was told. So I went there, he goes, I don't, I don't want to get a call. I don't want to hear anybody say anything negative because you didn't uphold who you are. Stuck with me. Good deeds. Man, he's a hard worker. Well, he should, he's supposed to be. That's why I brought him up. But see, my good deeds and me being a hard worker, it brought glory to him. Right? People come up and they would say things that would make him proud of his son. Why? Because his son was doing what he was supposed to be doing. In the same way as your heavenly father, not praised. When you do good works, when you help the sick, pray for the sick, when you help the hungry, when you are just kind and nice to people, it brings glory to the father. And the father goes, yeah, that's my kid. Man, there ain't nothing prouder than to be the parent and go, that's my boy, that's my girl, that's my kid. We do that with the father as well.